This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Take Command Podcast, that's Logan Paulson. I am Craig Hoffman. So that leads us to what players do we have our eye on this week? Obviously, we'll, we'll see if there's any bits of information that come out about Jaden Daniels, about Drake May especially, about Caleb Williams and, and where the Bears are going to go at one. We'll see what kind of smoke comes out, you know, a meeting all the agents are around, so many yeah. team executives are around, like a lot of stuff happens behind the scenes this week. Beyond those top three, um, whether it's personal interest, uh, whether it is positional need for the commanders, who are some guys that you have your eye on that you think need to have big weeks uh, in Indianapolis? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of guys. I think if you want to go, let's go by position. You want to do that real quick? Yeah, we, so can, we me- can roll through them. So for me, quarterback is uh, J.J. McCarthy. And the reason I say that is because, like, and this is something I was really excited to see. I wanted to see him throw, go throw for throw with the top three guys or the top guys. So, like, if Jaden's throwing um, or if um, Drake is throwing, yeah. I wanted to As see. As of right now, Drake is throwing, Jaden and Caleb are not. Right, and I want to see him stack up. And it's so funny that Jaden's not throwing because one of my big questions I wanted to get answered is, again, we've talked about how much we like the film and how much we like the accuracy and the anticipation and all these things that are that make him a more nuanced passer than people think. One of the questions I had is, like, how good is his arm actually? And one of the, one of the best ways to tell is when they get in the line, like last year was so awesome because they got in the line and, you know, you see – Stroud throw you see Will Levis throw and you're like oh there's a difference in terms of arm velocity there in terms of how they touch the field so I was hoping to see him throw and I think um and so again like the fact he's not throwing and this is maybe my own bias goes like well maybe he doesn't have a strong arm which is again like that's not fair to him but that's a thought you have because you're like why doesn't he want to be compared against those other guys in this type of setting that's either here or there. So for me, it's J.J. McCarthy because I think like the more film I watch of him, you know, because coming out of the last pod, I realized like I had watched him really early in the process and hasn't revisited. And so going back and watching some of his stuff, it's like, man, he's got an awesome arm. 
He makes NFL hose. throws. Yeah. And you're just like, and he's got a, and he's faster than you think. He had that great 50 yard run against TCU last year in the playoff game. And you're like, I think he could blow up the combine. And if that comes out where he's throwing the ball really well and he looks way better than everybody else and he tests really well, I think he solidifies himself as that, um, as that kind of QB four. QB four. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's, that's a big swing, you know, and I totally understand that. But watching some of his, and like some of his misses and some of his throws, they're NFL throws and they're NFL windows, which is kind of crazy to think about. And so I think he's the guy at the quarterback position that could say, I'm definitively the fourth guy based on these measurables. Cause I think when you go watch the film and again, you got to kind of hunt and peck and look for these things because there's not a lot of throws, but in those throws, you're like, man, that's a, that's an NFL comeback. That's an NFL crossing route. That's an NFL choice route. That's an NFL slant window. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. You know, th- those kind of, those little moments, and I think that's why the NFL is in love with him. And so that that kind of brewing admiration for him could totally explode if he comes out and just looks like that dude this week at the combine. Well, yeah, he gets in that line. He starts throwing. He's just ripping darts. He yeah. gets up up and runs a four five two. You yeah. know, he he has a good shows some good agility. I mean, there there's all, and he's probably going to crush the interviews. Yeah. Um. And then I think the other big thing for him is the weight. Like how big or small is he can is he has he put on at least a little bit of weight since the season um and how does that obviously affect the speed and all those kinds of things so that's going to be interesting let's come back to running back so let's skip okay. running back come yeah. back to it um well, this is an insane wide receiver class as we talked about um are there any particular guys that you think can separate themselves you know harrison adunze mm-hmm. and um neighbors are kind of the top three and then there's everybody else whether it's someone who can challenge to be in that group whether it's neighbors coming out and and saying like no i actually should be ahead of harrison like yep. what to you is most interesting in that receiver group or is it is it down the list honestly for me it's keon coleman i know i said that already but for me it's it's him because when you watch the film he's a guy that's a tremendous contested catch guy he's physical he's got some punt return ability so obviously He's a tremendous athlete. He's got punt return touchdowns at that size, 6'4". I think he's 215 pounds, so big old hoss running like a like a, mani- like a maniac back there. But how fast is he? And I keep coming back to, like, is he Keneal Harry, you know, the guy that the Patriots drafted? I think that was, like, when was that? A couple of years ago now. But, yeah. you know, like, couldn't run. And and I think, like, that's always a question with with him because he's He's, there's not a lot of separation in his routes. I think he has one of the lowest separation rates in the NFL at the moment. So you're kind of like, who is this guy really? Or in in college football, excuse me. So that's one that I'm like, if he does anything, if he runs like a four or five even, I think you feel pretty good about his draft stock and he might be a first round pick. But if he doesn't, he'll be available in Washington's, Washington's picking at the beginning of the second round. And I'm not sure that's the right that's the right solution for this team. All right, uh, tight end. Your uh, end, your home yeah. position, yeah. So I mean, for me, it's it's got to be Brock Bowers, and I think part of the reason is because he's such an interesting evaluation. And obviously, um, the other guy from uh, Texas is an interesting guy too. But I'm going to say Bowers in this instance because Bowers, like, what is like, what is he going to measure at? You know, are you really six four? Are you really two forty? Or are you really two twenty five? And then does the classification of your position? Like I, you know, for one of my, uh, the producer that I do the other draft show with that I do, um, I was just like, what if you were to evaluate him as a, just a pure receiver? Like, where does he fall? And he probably falls in the, you know, top five or six guys, but he's definitely not a top 15 pick. You know what I'm saying? He's kind of right on the outside of that. And so if that's kind of what he is in terms of weight, height, 
speed measurements then he's just like kind of a big receiver who's not overly fast and can work the slot again he's very very skilled his film's awesome i don't want to take that away from him but then the the the, the usage becomes interesting because you're like man maybe you can't block in line the way we thought or maybe we can't do use you in this way that we had kind of planned out so for me like if he comes in and looks the part you know he's 245 he's six four and a half and he's this bigger guy than people think and he still runs really well I think he, he's going to solidify himself as a top 10 pick. But if he comes in, he's a little light, you know, maybe a little shorter, arms aren't as long. I think that's going to hurt him in terms of the evaluation. Because to me, honestly, watching his film, I'm like, what's the difference between you and Brian Thomas Jr.? Really, like ultimately in the grand scheme of things, the receiver from LSU. And it's really hard for me to tell because he is used as a receiver, essentially in that offense, which is not his fault. And I, I think he's a tough guy. So I'm not trying to take anything away from that standpoint. But in terms of body size and stature and physicality, what's the actual difference? And I think the measurements could really help him out there. That's really interesting. Um, is that one where, like, if he goes out and rips 28 bench press reps, that also helps him or 30 bench press reps? Or Yeah, I think it just shows a mindset if he comes out and is strong. You know, because he plays – he plays like, when you watch him play, you're like, I like your physicality. I like your mental approach. I like your toughness. But I can't use you that way if you're not functionally strong if you're not, you know, if you're 225, I, I can't put you in line. You're going to be the move guy. And then essentially, like, the defense is just going to match a nickel and we lose our our matchup advantage. So that's kind of my thought on him, where it's like, yes, if he bench presses 225 a lot, that's fine. But to me, I want to make sure that the, the, phys the physicality from a measurement standpoint ends up being there for him. Because, again, he's a hell of a football player. He's so fun to watch. So, um, yeah. you know. Really wants right, to uh, too. Offensive line. Uh, anybody in particular that you, especially commanders wise, have your eye on kind of in the range that they, we think that they could be looking at, at those positions? That's a really good question. And so for me, it's probably going to be a guy like, uh, you know, Chris Paul, not Chris Paul, uh, Patrick, Patrick Paul. Patrick Paul, his brother. Um, you know, that, that he's, he measured great at the Senior Bowl. He looked like he showed pretty good athleticism. But, you know, how does he look on field compared to, you know, your Olu Fushanos, your Joel Alts, like all those kind of main guys, is he athletically really far off or is he kind of right in that fringe? Because I think guys like Tyler Guyton are going to move around really well. They're going to run really fast. And so can you kind of convince me through this combine that you deserve to be a high second round pick as opposed to a low second round pick? Because your, your, your measurements are awesome. I got to see the movement skills because on film, I think one of the things he runs into is he's so big and so so much physically better than everybody's playing against that he technically and his foot speed isn't there. So if he shows great foot speed and some of the change of the direction stuff, I say, oh, well, we can get him there. He's the he has the athleticism to do it. But if he looks kind of lumbering and slow and doesn't quite work it out, then I'm like, okay, you're probably a you know a, a late second round, early third round type of player as opposed to that top of the second round guy. Am I crazy to then be like, I hope he stinks that way? He's he falls to them in the uh, third. I mean, that's what people – you should hope that for good football yeah. players, you know? like like, um, like Assuming that he can then be coached out of it. You know, if that's who yeah. he is, then, then well, now you've wasted a pick. But if, if you can coach it out of him and he just doesn't have it by the time the combine rolls around, you know, you wind up stealing him in the third and, and hoorah. Well, like Orlando Brown's a great example. I mean, he looked like a dumpster fire at the combine. You know, I think he did nine reps. He ran like the slowest 40 of all time. But he's <laughs> been a starting left tackle in the NFL for, you know, six years. So, like – you kind of hope that good, like Darius Robinson, for example, part of me hopes he runs slow because then he'll be there for sure when we're picking at the top of the second round and you feel great about that selection because he's a heck of a football player. So, 
All right, uh, defensive side, and then we'll circle back to running backs at the end. Uh, yeah. Defensive line, uh, you just mentioned Darius Robinson. Yeah. Anybody else that you – For me, it's you're... Chop Robinson 100%. I think that's yeah. a guy that's just going to be probably pretty electric, you know, and then how do you weigh that? He's going to be the exact like, classic example of a guy who's going to murder the combine. I, think. I just already hear Rich Eisen's voice super excited. Chop yeah. Robinson. Yeah. And I think, you know, he'll probably run a 4-4. Like, I've heard he's going to jump over 40 inches. Like, he's just wired <laughs> that way. And so he's probably a second-round player. But is that now a second-round player that bumps into the first and then a, a better football player like a Darius Robinson slips to the commander? So I just think he's – because he's so – he's he's explosive. Don't get me wrong. He's very explosive. And he's a he's – a, the film is okay. So how does that layer in um, this weekend? I think that will be really interesting eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, linebacker level. Um, you know, obviously we're kind of looking for someone to pair with Jamin Davis, ideally, yeah. or are you looking for Jamin Davis's eventual replacement? Um, we don't know exactly what Dan Quinn is going to do with this defense and Joe Witt is going to do with this defense, but that's kind of where the commanders are. How does the class match up with, with either yeah. of those propositions? Yeah, I mean, the linebacker class is okay. You know, there's um, – I think the guy that's interesting is Jeremiah Trotter because he's a very – Jeremiah Trotter Jr., excuse me, from Clemson. It'd be real weird uh, if his dad was back in the draft. Yes, <laughs> that would be really weird. Everyone um, just went together, damn, I'm old. <laughs> um, and he is – he's a very smart football player, but he doesn't look like he's got great range on film. So if he comes out and says – Hey, I am a smart football player, but I'm also a plus athlete in some capacity. I think that would be really encouraging for the commanders who are looking to fill a need at linebacker. The other guy that's interesting is the linebacker from Michigan. There's two of them. I can't remember his name at the moment, but if he tests well, he again, he's kind of in that same bucket. A very smart player, very challenging defense, pro-style defense at Michigan comes out and looks like that guy. Uh, from an athletic standpoint, I think you say, okay, we've got two, two pieces here that can come in and potentially play Mike as a, as a young football player, not because um, because their instincts are so high. And I think with linebacker, one of the things I'm always looking for is the melding of instincts and um, and athletic traits. And the, the hard part is you can't usually find both those in one person. You're looking for Michael Barrett or Junior Colson? Junior Colson. There we go. That's All the right. guy. Junior Colson. Uh, defensive back. This is a weird one that we're going to have to uh, – we're going to have to – spend some time on because there, this is an area where I think Washington could attack in free agency. We're obviously waiting yeah. to see, um, do they franchise cam curl? Probably not, but it still could happen. Um, what do they, do they try to resign cam curl? Do they, you know, everyone is raving about Quan, uh, you know, 
they had the yeah. assistant coach availability last week. And, you know, he's one of the guys that already sticks out to everybody, but like sticks out as what? Is he a safety? Mm -hmm. Is he a corner? He's a Buffalo nickel. Like what is Quan Martin? So trying to figure out how this class fits with the commander's needs is damn near impossible because we don't know what they need, but what's the class look like? So the class is interesting because I feel like there's a couple guys at the top, like Terry and Arnold and Wiggins is another guy that sticks out from Clemson. Uh, Arnold's from Alabama, obviously. Um, the guy from Iowa, Cooper DeGene, is a really good football player, but kind of falls in that Quan Martin bucket where he he's he's a, he's, a, he's an excellent football player. So I don't want to diminish what he is, but he's a guy that to me at the combine could make himself a ton of money because people have a lot of questions about his his like, you know, take the top off type of speed. But He's instinctive. He's physical. He can play safety. He can play linebacker. He can play cover corner. But if he runs well, I think you feel pretty good about it. But I do think that because of the saturation of the spread offense in college football, you got a lot of guys who are good but not great in this class. So I think I go back to what Dan was saying about finding people with traits that fit your defensive vision. So like, you know, longer armed corners, um, kind of those hybrid safety players. That's why Cooper DeGene is very interesting to me. The safety from Washington State, whose name escapes me at the moment, but bigger guy, 6'3", 215, can play linebacker, can play in the post, has some coverage ability with the tight end. But again, like those types of guys are, are pretty common throughout. And it's just about kind of what – what fits the defensive vision here? And I think that's something that I find interesting. And you kind of mentioned that with Quan. I think having Quan's a good problem to have because I don't think he's a true right. outside corner, but I think he kind of fix Jaden Hicks. Thank you, Will. He's the guy from Washington State. Really good football player. A lot of fun to watch. But again, kind of gives you that flexibility that I think they like. And so maybe they value guys like that a little bit more than, you know, your, um, uh, your Wiggins from Clemson, as an example, who's a true outside lockdown corner who's not overly physical when it comes to making tackles and stopping the run so yeah it's um i have no idea what they're gonna do in that secondary and it's like you know from re-signing kendall to what they do with kwan to what they do with cam like there it is as a position i feel good about them figuring it out because of the track record of this staff specifically with the secondary but it is one that i am i'm totally unsure at this time how that solution ultimately looks all right last but not least the running back group um this is a very bizarre group of prospects not that like there's anything super weird about any of them individually just collectively you know typically you have one or two stud athletes where you're like that's a first round talent or in yeah. last year's case you have Bijan, who's like a top 10 talent maybe the best player in the draft but you're going all right positional value do they go in the first round whatever there's not that guy this year. There's not some guy who's been the best player, you know, on his team every year of his life playing running back, give him the ball and watch him juke everybody out. But you've also got this super dilution of the position at the NFL where there's good running backs everywhere um, or serviceable running backs, I should say, everywhere. So it feels like a, like, are we not going to get a running back in the first round at all? Are we not going to get any in the first two rounds at all? Like, what, what are we looking at in terms of this running back class? That's kind of what it feels like. I don't think, you know, to me, I've always heard that the value for running back is in that third round, you know, because it's like the positional value kind of meets the athletic value. And I do think this year, I, get, I have watched, I've watched probably 15 or 20 running backs, and I've never, I haven't seen one, maybe one or two. So not just to kind of give myself an out there that I'm like, this guy's a bad football player. Like, I'm like, oh, this guy catches the football well. You know, like this guy does this well. This guy is a good third down back. This guy runs with better power, better contact balance. So I think there's an opportunity to find 
a guy that fleshes out your room, you know, that fleshes out your, um, your, your, your kind of running back guy commit by committee. Cause you know, if you look around the NFL now, there's so few places that have that kind of true bell cow. I mean, even with Christian McCaffrey, who kind of runs that offense, like they need to make sure they have a really good backup in place to kind of offset what he does. So I do think like, if you're looking for a running back in this class, there's no, you know, Gibbs, there's no Bijan Robinson. There's that, that guy's not here. But when I, when I watch them, I'm like, these guys are good football players, good contact balance. Um, good there. And I think that's the thing. They kind of have your flavor. There's explosive guys, there's big guys. And it's kind of like, what do we need to flesh this out? And I think that's something that makes me very excited about the running back group. And, and again, maybe because like you talk about people kind of, um, like, biasing you before the process even starts like they're talking about how bad the running back class is but i'm like no like there's some really good football players here that they get you excited about what's going on just no one spectacular no one that anyone's gonna be fighting yeah. over um but it's also nice to have like you know if you've got brian robinson and you want a more of a scat back type or if you want someone who's great third down protect like there's going to be something for everyone it's just a question of how do you fill it out um but i this is a position that i do think you know we, we talk about the the lack of value or the kind of diminishing role of running backs, et cetera. It's why it's actually important to get one in the draft because you mm -hmm. don't want to pay them. Like you don't have to go in yes. free agency and have to spend real money. Even if you're a team like the commanders, and we're going to talk about the salary cap here in a second and, and how it being so very high um, affects Washington as the team with the actual most cap space, but you don't want to have to spend real money on it. And maybe, maybe occasionally there's a guy that it's worth it. You can get him on a pretty team-friendly deal, but he's got some veteran know-how. He's maybe been with your your head coach, your OC before. There, there's some reason why you want him. He's got special teams value, whatever. But generally speaking, because running backs are, all due respect, a dime a dozen at this stage of the NFL's history, um, not you know, like paying a rookie contract is better than paying a veteran contract. And so while you don't want to necessarily pay first-round money or use a first-round pick, nailing that third-round running back selection could be an essential building block for any franchise. You know, I think especially for the commanders, you know, obviously there's a lot of people, I think, calling for, you know, the re-signing of uh, Gibson as, as a player. And I, I like Gibson. I'm very high on him. I've always been high on him, kind of waiting for the offensive coordinator to maximize what he does so well. But the problem is you got to pay him a little bit more than you probably want to. And I think you look at this class, there's a lot of guys that I think have skill sets that could just easily step in and fill that out. And I think that's another reason with um, you know, problem with the running back market at the NFL level is that there's all these guys, much like the receiver market, but the receiver market hasn't reacted to this yet. There's a lot of running backs coming in that are starting caliber or that it can give you significant minutes and make your room better. And so why do I want to pay a veteran? I think, I think Christian Rodriguez is an excellent example of this. Like, why would I, I got that guy in the sixth round, fifth round. I don't know when I drafted him exactly, but yeah. he is a contributing really good football player to this team. And I am paying him essentially $0 by NFL standards. And there's 10 guys in this class, like I just mentioned, 15 guys that fit that same mold. So, again, it, it's to me, if, if you want to address – there's certain positions you want to address, address in the draft this year. I think offensive line, I think receiver, and I think running back for this kind of third down, kind of very specific filling a, filling a niche type of player, which I think is um, which is a big deal. So. Yeah, Rodriguez, pick 193 overall in yeah. the sixth round. So you can definitely get it later in the draft.